there's something really interesting happening in our industry, at least here in America, and I hope you're paying attention to it. Convenience is becoming more and more important to the American diner, so much so that the average diner is willing to pay for convenience, is willing to pay quite a lot for convenience. So what does that mean for our industry at large? What does that mean at the, the macro and micro level? What does that mean for you? We're going to talk about that on today's episode of Restaurant Strategy, where we're wrapping up this Rethinking Restaurants arc. This is episode nine in the 10 episode arc, where I'm inviting you to think outside the box. We're going to get into a whole lot on today's episode. Don't go anywhere. There's an old saying that goes something like this. You'll only find three kinds of people in the world. Those who see, those who will never see, and those who can see when shown. This is Restaurant Strategy, a podcast with answers for anyone who's looking. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. My name is Chip Close and this is Restaurant Strategy, a podcast dedicated solely to helping you build a more profitable restaurant. Each week I leverage my 20 plus years in the industry to help you build that more profitable and sustainable business. I also work directly with owners and operators from all over the world in my P3 Mastermind program. So this is a group coaching format to date. Currently we've got over 100 people in the program spread across three groups. We're getting ready to open up a fourth group this spring. If you uh, if you run a busy restaurant, if you generate a lot of revenue but struggle with profitability, meaning you struggle to generate a consistent, predictable 20% every single month, then we want to talk with you. You do that, set up a free call with me or someone from my team by going to our website, restaurantstrategypodcast.com slash schedule. Grab some time on the calendar. We'll learn about you and your restaurant. You'll get to ask questions about the program we run just to see if you think it's going to be the solution for you, just to see if you think you're going to be a good fit. There's absolutely no pressure. Again, that call is absolutely free. You're going to find that link in the show notes. Now, Thousands of restaurants across the country use KickFin to send instant cashless tip payouts directly to their employees' bank accounts the second their shift ends. It's a really simple solution to a really big problem because, let's face it, paying out cash tips to your workers day after day, shift after shift, it can be kind of a nightmare. Tedious tip distribution takes your managers away from work that matters. It's hard to track payments, which leads to accounting and compliance headaches. Plus, cash tip-outs create the perfect opportunity for theft. And there's never enough cash on hand to pay out those tips, so uh, your managers are constantly having to make bank runs. Bottom line, there's never been a secure, efficient way to tip out until now. Meet KickFin. KickFin is an easy-to-use software that sends real-time, cashless, tip payouts straight to your employees' bank accounts 24-7, 365. Tipping out with KickFin gives managers and operators hours back in their day. It makes reporting a breeze and protects your business from mistakes and theft. And guess what? Employees love it, so it becomes a really powerful recruiting tool. Best of all, restaurants can have KickFin up and running overnight. Employees can enroll in seconds, no hardware, no contracts, no setup fees. Get in touch today for a personalized demo and see how restaurants and bars across the country are tipping out with KickFin. Visit kickfin.com demo. And yes, that link is also in the show notes. Now, Pop Menu has reimagined the restaurant. They're breaking the mold of the menu, taking the kitchen doors off the hinges and serving up their most comprehensive technology solution yet. It's called Pop Menu Max. 
It comes with all the previous ingredients that we've talked about on this podcast, right? So websites designed with SEO in mind, marketing tools meant to keep you top of mind with guests, and of course, the patented interactive menu technology. But this new recipe brings automated phone answering to the table and third-party online order aggregation, waitlisting, and more. PopMenu's phone answering technology, for example, has your ringing phones covered. With artificial intelligence, the simple questions that now keep your phone line tied up can be handled by the computer, by AI, without pulling a staff member from your in-person hospitality. So no more missed reservations, no more people asking for your hours or, or missing revenue, and that's just the beginning. You have a passion for food. Pop Menu has a passion for technology. Together, it's a recipe for restaurant success. And now, even more digital ingredients are in that technology pantry. Pop Menu is helping restaurants attract, engage, remarket, and transact with their guests on a whole new level. Trust me, if you're a restaurant owner, you need Pop Menu to take your business to the next level. For a limited time only, get $100 off your first month, plus you lock in one unchanging monthly rate. Go to popmenu.com slash restaurant strategy to claim this offer. Again, that's $100 off your first month by visiting popmenu.com slash restaurant strategy. That link is also in the show notes. Now, today's episode is going to be short and sweet. We're talking about how we rethink restaurants. I'm inviting you to think outside the box, right, uh, to, to change the way you think about what our industry is, how it has to be. We're talked a lot about the business model, the service model, about technology, and all of those things are intertwined. I wanna talk about something that's happening, that's been happening for the last 10 or 15 years and only sped up over the course of the pandemic. And that is this split that's happening, this bifurcation, where consumers are interested more and more in really only one of two things. And good food is not it. To a certain point, hospitality, good service, isn't even it. What they're looking for is convenience and experience. Sometimes together, but often totally separate. So what I push back on is a lot of people that I talk to and they say, yeah, yeah, but we're in the hospitality industry. We're there to take care of people. We have been in the hospitality industry and we have been really good at taking care of people. But as we move forward, I don't know that that's what everybody wants. Certainly when I go to get my breakfast sandwich and a cup of coffee, I'm not looking for hospitality. Yeah, I'd like for people to be happy and say, hey, good morning, how you doing? What can I get for you? Fine. But that's just a pleasantry. I don't know that that really makes or breaks my day. Really what I want is a really good breakfast sandwich and a coffee and I want it quick and I'm going to the place I'm going to because it's convenient to me, because it's on the way from my kid's school back home, because it's on the way from my home to the uh, train station, because it is uh, it fits into my life nicely. There's a breakfast place we go to sometimes. It's right next to where my son does swimming on Saturday mornings. I don't go there because it's excellent. I go there because it's convenient. There are certain things that the diner wants and they're going to go get those things. So when we talk about hospitality, when we talk about providing service and warmth and graciousness and going above and beyond, there are a whole lot of, uh, there are a whole lot of dining experiences we have where that does not matter and let's not kid ourselves. Right, Fast food, they're not looking for an experience, they're looking for food fast. Good food that tastes good, that's cheap, that they can get quickly. Certainly, my uh, family and I, we were away for the weekend last weekend, and it was late when we left on Sunday, we were coming back into, uh, coming back home, we had about a two hour drive. You know what we did? We went to McDonald's. 
feel bad for doing it. It's not the best food. Certainly uh, not the best for me, but you know what? It was fast, and it was okay. We get in there, order, eat quickly, get back in the car, and go. What we were looking for was convenience. We saw the sign on the side of the highway. We pulled off the exit. It was half a mile down the road. We got our food. We sat down. We ate. We were back on the highway 20, 25 minutes later. That's pretty convenient. What's happening now, and we see this with DoorDash and Grubhub and Uber Eats, those are uh, apps, those are platforms that are solely focused on a more convenient experience. We will connect you to food very quickly and very easily to the point where, right, and I order from Uber Eats often enough, which I'm, I'm somewhat embarrassed to say given what I do and how I coach my clients, but it is convenient. So when I'm at my desk on coaching calls for eight, nine, 10 hours in a given day, and I haven't gotten up to, made, to make dinner, sometimes what I need to do is just in between calls, order. And you know what? My sushi order, our go-to sushi order, our go-to Chinese place order, our go-to pizza order is already preloaded. I can literally just click reorder. It doesn't even take me two minutes to order. It takes me roughly 30 seconds. That is the ultimate height of laziness. I'm well aware. But they're offering me a very convenient solution. If my sushi place, if my Chinese restaurant, if my pizza joint offered me that level of convenience, I would just as quickly support them directly. But they don't. In fact, most of you listening to this, I'm guessing most of the, my clients don't offer that level of connection and ease and convenience. As we move forward with this industry, I think what's happening, like I said, is there is a split happening. What we want more and more is convenience because we lead very busy lives. Most American households are now two-income households. That means both parents work, and then they've got to shuttle around the kids and make dinner You know, in all the, the corners of their day. Convenience is becoming more important than ever before. And on the other side, then we have experience. And what happens is Anything that doesn't offer one of those two things, I think is gonna get lost. I really do. So when we look at just the average, you know, full service restaurant, upscale casual, or a family restaurant, you're gonna have to figure out which of those two you land on. I'm convinced of it. As uh, the cost of goods continue to rise, as the cost of labor continues to rise, it's gonna be more and more difficult to, to run a profitable restaurant. And if we don't have a compelling case to make to the diner, we can't convince them to come. We can't make an argument that would convince them to come. I think we're going to have a hard time surviving, certainly with what we're going to have to charge. All right, again, let, let's, let's be really clear here. The cost of dining out is going up. I pay more on Uber Eats to the point of sometimes 30 or 40% more than I otherwise would have for the sheer convenience of it. They got me. I'm not recommending we do it. I feel really bad doing it as much as I do because I know it hurts restaurants. I know there's a better way to do it. But for me, for me to feed my family on a Monday when I'm stuck 10 hours at my desk, sometimes that's the only option available. As we move forward, if restaurants are gonna survive in that sort of convenience space, you're gonna have to make things as convenient as possible for your customers. Otherwise, you've got apps, things like that, that are gonna make it more convenient. You've got uh, bigger chains, bigger restaurant groups that are going to succeed in doing this. 
If you don't think I'm right, you need to look out the window. You need to look at what's happening. This is just not me. And I, and I hesitate to share anecdotal evidence on this because my, um, my experience is not the only experience. But I think my experience is pretty typical for many, many households because my wife and I both work. We have a young son. He leads a busy life. He, he does a lot of activities. We also lead very busy work lives. Convenience is key. So you need to figure out, I think, which side you stand on. Now, fine dining, the upper echelon of dining is firmly in the experiential side of this scale, right? Dining, uh, fine dining is not convenient. It's very expensive. It's often hard to get to because they're meaning, I can go to McDonald's relatively easily because they're everywhere. There is only one French laundry. It is inconvenient because I have to go all the way from New Jersey to California. I have to make a reservation a month or two in advance and I have to go when they tell me to go. McDonald's, I can go to one of three that are within a couple of square miles here and I can go whenever I want. They'll serve me. I, I can pretty much get what I want whenever I want. But with French Laundry, it's very inconvenient, but high on experience. The experience of dining at French Laundry is a once in a lifetime experience for many people. And I can name hundreds and thousands of other restaurants that are there. And no, it doesn't have to be three Michelin stars, you know, the total height. There are certainly others. Uh, I use the example of uh, Carmine's. Carmine's in Times Square. It's an Italian restaurant, except everything's served family style. So you can't go with a deuce. It's going to be way too much food. So mostly people go with six tops, eight tops, 12, 20 tops, because you get a lot of food. It all goes to the middle of the table, and everybody serves themselves like it's Thanksgiving dinner. Right? That's what they do. It is an experience. And it's not, especially when you go with six or eight people, it's not very expensive. But it's an experience. They know that. It's, it's inconvenient that I need to find four other people, five other people to go with me to that restaurant if I want to go to Carmine's. It's inconvenient that I can't just go, uh, me and my wife. Just way too much food. It'll be inconvenient then to take all those leftovers home. I think this split is happening. And I think you have to decide which side of the fence you're going to be on. And I really do believe you have to make a decision. Again, this idea, this whole idea is that we rethink restaurants. The biggest thing I want you to take away from this is that this idea of good food, good service is what drives business. It's not, not necessarily. Yeah, sometimes people go back to the same restaurant because they know the food's really good and the service is really crisp and clean and they know they're going to be taken care of. Absolutely. But as we move forward, good food, good service is a prerequisite. You can't survive without good food and good service. What you need to focus on then are the other intangibles or the other benefits that you provide a diner, a benefit that is very clear from the start that you use to convince people to come dine with you. That, in a nutshell, is marketing. We call that the value proposition. Why would someone dine at one place as opposed to another? Why would someone buy uh, Adidas instead of Nikes? Why would somebody buy a Cadillac instead of a Mercedes? There is a value proposition, right, that would make people pick one over the other. And more and more, I think, people are dining on either convenience or experience. And that is true not only with the millennial generation, but also now the Gen Z generation that we're seeing come up. 
they are very, very focused not on stuff. Right? Millennials, Gen X, boomers, they were they were into stuff, buying stuff, filling their basements, their garages, buying uh, you know, public storage units. The whole storage unit industry basically came up, cropped up over the last 40 years to keep all of our stuff that couldn't fit in our house. Stuff that couldn't fit in our attic and our basement, we had to buy off-site storage to store all of our stuff that we used sometimes. These new generations are less interested in stuff and more interested in gathering experiences. And they work really hard to be able to afford those experiences. And because they work really hard, they look for convenience to feed them the other points during the week. We have to rethink what our people expect from our restaurants and make sure we're actually solving the problem that they have. Good food, good service, who cares? I can get that in a lot of places. I can drive within 10 minutes of my, of my house and get good food at at least 50 or 60 places. And I don't think that's unique. I live in a suburb outside of a major, major metro area. I'm sure many of you either live in the city or live in a suburb around a major, major metro area. But even if you're in a rural area, you might not have 50 restaurants within a 10 minute drive but I bet you've got five or 10 really good places to get good food. Good food, good service is a prerequisite now. You have to be really clear on what else you're doing. And I think as we move forward, we have to answer that question of what do people want? It's the same question we always had to ask. We just have to be willing to accept a new answer than we've been given the last 50 years. Convenience is more important and people are willing to pay extra for that convenience. Experience is very important to a whole lot of people, and people are willing to pay extra for a unique experience. That's what I want to talk about. We're nearly finished this 10-episode arc in Rethinking Restaurants. If you haven't been listening to all of these, I would strongly urge you to go back. Again, this is number nine in the 10-episode arc, and they all fit together sort of, sort of neatly. I, I mapped them all out, so uh, they, they tell one, one complete story. The biggest thing, though, is I'm just trying to get you to think outside the box, rethink the way, um, re-examine the way that you look at our industry and your place within this industry because it's changing and we can change with it and be very successful or be a stick in the mud, stick around doing the same things we've been doing, and I think we will suffer and I think you will struggle. I don't want anyone to struggle. What you do is too important. What you do is too hard to not make money doing it, to not be successful doing it. That's the point of this show, to help you guys be as good as you can be, as profitable as you can be. I appreciate you showing up every single week. Thank you very much. Again, my name is Chip Close. This is the Restaurant Strategy Podcast. I will see you guys next time.